desire to calmly and effectively address your child's struggles, but you can't always seem to find the right words? Or does your child tune out your instructions because you wind up using too many words and not a single one of them is helping the situation? Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and find it encouraging, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time donation? Whether it's a dollar a month or $20 a month, your support helps to sustain this podcast and keep it on the air. We want to say a huge thank you to Emily in Wisconsin for her donation. She said this, I have learned so much from this podcast. I am praying for y'all. Also, we want to thank Nicole in Ohio for her donation. Listeners, we have been blown away by your support, and we are just so encouraged by all the ways you interact with us through your donations, of course, but through your questions, your comments, even reproof when necessary. But most importantly, we ask for your continued prayers. And please know that Ginger and I are praying for you as well, that you are encouraged week after week to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. If you feel led to partner with us, please just go to gingerhubbard.com support to donate any amount. If you're a homeschooling mom like me, then you know the excitement of peeling that protective film off a set of curricula, complete with brand new lesson plans. But as we all know, a week or so into those plans, life happens. Someone gets sick. Someone leaves their spelling book at the soccer field. Someone gets stuck on a math concept. And suddenly, those lesson plans are completely obsolete. This is one of the many reasons I'm excited to introduce you to the BJU Press Homeschool Hub. When life inevitably happens and our plans change, the Hub calendar makes any necessary assignment adjustments with just a few clicks of a mouse. But that's not all it can do. I can look at the Hub dashboard and quickly see how my kids have progressed through their courses, what assignments they need to finish, and how many lessons they have before each course is completed. There's also a grade book that will track graded assignments and create report cards. My favorite part is that I can keep track of our wonderful BJU press courses as well as any other outside resources. So I have one tool that keeps track of everything. It's almost like they asked a bunch of homeschoolers, hey, what's the most stressful part of homeschooling? And then they developed an awesome tool to alleviate those issues. Next, I hope they'll get to work on the housekeeping hub. To find out more about BJU Press Homeschool Hub, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com and watch the video to learn more. Again, that's BJUPressHomeschool.com. Well, Ginger, I'm really excited about this episode because we're going to give our listeners a chance to learn more about the most transformative tool outside of the Bible that has positively impacted my parenting. And I'm confident that it's because your wise words for mom's chart is filled with God's word. We've heard from listeners who wear their wise words for mom's chart around their necks. Uh, Many (laughs) parents and grandparents give them as baby shower gifts. I personally have them laminated. I know that's shocking, Ginger, um, and posted (laughs) in the four corners of our house because I need those reminders constantly. There are literally thousands of moms and dads out there who have benefited from your chart. And I know you well enough to say that you claim no credit for these wise words since they are directly from God's word. That's right. So listeners, even if you already have one of Ginger's charts, I encourage you to stick around today and hear some common scenarios as a refresher for how to use this chart. Ginger, for our listeners who haven't ever heard of or seen it, how about you give a brief description? 
Sure. The Wise Words for Moms chart is just what it sounds like a chart. There are 22 common behaviors listed vertically in alphabetical order, such as whining, lying, tattling, and disrespecting. And then for each one, there are three steps to help parents address those behaviors from a heart-oriented biblical perspective. Step one is heart-probing questions. That helps parents get past the outward behavior uh, to address the sin of the heart. Step two, the next column gives a biblical reproof, which is what kids are to put off and what God's Word says about that particular behavior and what it can lead to if it continues. And then step three is encouragement, what kids are to put on. In other words, how they can replace what is wrong with what is right. The number one comment I get from parents who use the chart is how it helps them, the parents, have self-control as they train and discipline their kids. Mm -hmm. So often when we respond badly in the heat of the moment, it's out of frustration because we don't know how to respond. So we yell something like, just go to your room, or we throw out a threat, or we administer consequences without really instructing our kids in what's right. I've had moms call this chart their cheat sheet because it's a quick reference guide with solutions based on scripture that helps address behaviors calmly, effectively, and biblically. So Katie and I thought it would be fun and helpful uh, for us just to run through some of these common behaviors with our listeners and walk you guys through how the chart offers helpful solutions. Uh, So Katie, why don't you start us out with a scenario, and then we'll talk about how parents can use the chart to address it. Sure. Uh, Before I share my scenario, I want to say that I asked my kids for help with this part, and it was hilarious. When I asked for an example of disobedience, one of my children gave the following real-life example, and I'm going to change this child's name to protect the guilty. It was long past bedtime, but five-year-old Monty was hungry and having a hard time falling asleep. By the way, everybody, I googled hipster baby names to make this part more fun. Of course you did. (laughs) (laughs) Monty hollered across the house, Mom, Dad, I'm hungry, to which Dad yelled back across the house, Then go get yourself a banana! And don't yell at me across the house. Monty quickly jumped out of bed and raced to the kitchen where he discovered there on the counter a bowl full of nutritious fruit. He grabbed a banana and started to peel it when he noticed out of the corner of his eye a piece of candy he had left on the kitchen table. Mom and dad told him he couldn't have any more sweets that day, but Monty really wanted that candy. And besides... It was a yellow piece of candy. That's close (laughs) enough. (laughs) True story. He put the partially peeled banana back into the bowl, quickly unwrapped the banana-colored candy, and raced back to his bedroom. When mom walked into the kitchen the following morning, she was hit with the smell of ripe banana, and she discovered there on the counter the banana-colored candy wrapper. At that very moment, Monty came sleepily sauntering into the kitchen, His eyes then widened as he realized that he had been caught (laughs) yellow-handed. In a fit of anger, Mom yelled out, Why did you eat that candy after we told you not to? We were going to have ice cream after dinner tonight, but you're not going to have any. You are so disobedient. To which little Monty sheepishly replied, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and isn't that the common answer? It's very unlikely that parents will get a good answer when they ask that old, why did you do that question? I don't usually know why I did half the things I do, so don't (laughs) ask me that either. But it's kind of like when we ask that question, we expect them to say uh, something like, well, I chose to disobey and eat the candy because my heart is sinful and selfish. Exactly. It was more important for me to get what I wanted than to honor God by obeying my parents. <laughs> wouldn't that be a great response? <laughs> they wouldn't need us. That's right. 
So, Katie, you said uh, at the beginning that was a real-life scenario with one of your kids. Yeah, but I do want to say for the record, I did not have a sinful response to my child um, because I heard this story for the first time just the other day. Uh, This child (laughs) never told us that they ate yellow candy instead of a banana, a sneaky little thing. And and anybody who knows my kids isn't going to know exactly which child this was, by the way. But (laughs) let's talk about the mom's (laughs) response in that scenario. She immediately does what I believe we all want to instinctively do. Like you said, she responds in anger with a version of, why did you do that? And then proceeds to give an arbitrary consequence, followed by some name calling for good measure. Now, I think we've all had, I know we've all had moments like this, which Mm -hmm. is why I think your chart is so popular because Christian parents who are filled with the Holy Spirit are often convicted by what we say to our children in these moments of frustration. Mm -hmm. Ginger, can you tell us what a parent equipped with your chart could do and say in that situation? So what is step one? After mom takes a moment to cool off, if that's what she needs in order to not scream the word of God at little Monty, then what does she do? On the chart, this behavior would be listed as disobeying. So the first question on the chart is, are you obeying or disobeying? This simple question helps the child begin to take ownership for the sin in his heart, which is going to help him begin to recognize his need for Jesus. And as you've said many times before on our show, Ginger, if the child doesn't answer the question, do not get into a power struggle. Simply answer for him. That's right. Even if he doesn't answer, the thing is, he's still pondering that question in his heart. Uh, But just go ahead and answer for him something like, sweetheart, you disobeyed. I told you that you could not have more candy and you ate it anyway. Another great question to ask kids is, how does God want you to obey? And you can teach them that biblical obedience is all the way right away and with a happy heart. And some say with a joyful heart. That biblical description of obedience, I actually have that listed on the chart as well. Next, when I look at your chart, you have some wonderfully helpful words of reproof. So mom would say, Monty, when you disobey me, you are disobeying God and it will not go well with you. I love you too much to allow you to disobey. And then if a consequence is necessary, this is the time to do that. Again, arbitrary heat of the moment consequences are unwise and unhelpful in this situation, in any situation. Knowing beforehand how you're going to handle issues of disobedience is crucial. Exactly. Having a plan for how to respond as well as what consequences you're going to use makes all the difference. It helps us to avoid those knee-jerk reactions, Mm -hmm. which, which are often fueled by anger, and instead to respond calmly and biblically, uh, which is ways that's going to truly benefit the child. And then finally, mom would say to little Monty, honey, God's word says, children obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And then moms and dads, we hug, kiss, and repeat this cycle 3,000 times a day, give or take, uh, depending (laughs) on the child's age. Yep, and sometimes it takes 3,000 times a day. We can grow weary in that. But we have to keep in mind that kids learn by repetition, Mm -hmm. which calls for a lot of patience on our (laughs) parts. I also want to say, because some people have asked this, it's not awkward at all for me to pull out my chart or refer to it before I respond to my kids. They know by now that we use this chart, and I'm not trying to hide the fact that I didn't just come up with this, you know, godly discipline out of thin air. Actually, I love knowing that they see me referring to God's Word when I deal with their sinful behaviors. Now, let's get a little bit more nuanced here. We have many parents who write to us with really specific questions, and many of them are situations that are gray areas. So let's say there's a child who doesn't 
outright disobey. They technically obey, but they do it with a sinfully defiant attitude or a defiant look. What are your thoughts on that? Well, what we don't want to say is if you keep rolling your eyes like that, they're going to get stuck that way. (laughs) A, that's a lie. And Mm. B, if the child is young enough or naive enough to believe such a thing and obey because of it, it would be from a motive of fear. Our motive shouldn't be to scare our kids into obeying, whether through instilling in them an absurd fear of facial disfigurement (laughs) or a fear of punishment. Consequences, of course, we've talked about this, they do play a part in teaching our children to obey, and there are plenty of scriptures to back that up. But our motive is to instill in them a desire to obey, not out of fear, but because it's right and because it pleases and honors God and brings him the glory he deserves. Mm. And an even worse response, and I actually witnessed this the other day, is to try and scare them with a threat of physical abuse. This Mm. is so sad. It just really, it just killed me. I was in the grocery store and a small child, he was strapped in the shopping cart. He was reaching for something on the shelf and whining. And when his mom told him no, he Like you said, Katie, he technically obeyed and he stopped reaching for it, but he folded his arms in a huff and his face had this defiant look written all over it. His expression definitely revealed his heart. And I cringed when this mom pointed her finger in his face and yelled, you wipe that mad look off your face right now or I'll slap it off. Oh, that is so heartbreaking. And what was even more heartbreaking is that the child did straighten up his face because apparently he knew his mom would follow through. Mm. I've heard parents say, you wipe that smirk off your face, or I'll give you something to smirk about, or you stop that crying, or I'll give you something to cry about. Mm -hmm. Folks, that is not biblical parenting. God's model for child training does involve consequences, but he clearly instructs that they are to be administered in love and with gentleness and kindness and self-control. Probably one of the main reasons the whole concept of disciplining kids takes such a, a takes so much heat and, and just has so much animosity around it is because it's often administered in anger and in an abusive way. That's not God's intention for discipline. That's not God's way. God's motive for disciplining his children is because he loves his children and he wants what's best for his children. That should be our motive as well. I agree completely, Ginger, but I do want to acknowledge what a struggle it is to restrain our words and our anger in those types of situations. Again, parents, this is where having this chart on hand can help you interrupt those moments of frustration and get your mind set on Christ before you address your child's behavior. So looking at the chart, Ginger, please give us a better way to respond to a child's defiant attitude or defiant look. Step one on the chart is to ask a couple of heart probing questions. One question might be, are you obeying or disobeying with your attitude? Another might be, are you truly obeying when you obey with an unhappy heart? Step two, talk about what they should put off, which is defiance. Proverbs 21, 29 says, the wicked put up a bold front. Or another translation says, a wicked man hardens his face. And Proverbs 12, 1 says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Okay, one quick note here, Ginger, because... Those are hard truths from God's word. And I've noticed that even using the words stupid and foolish with one of my particular children translates to this child believing that I'm ascribing that label to them. Now, I am not advocating for watering down God's word at all. But I do make it a point with all of my kids to say that we all behave in foolish and stupid ways. 
That's right, we do. And, you know, there's a big difference in rebuking a child for behaving foolishly versus calling him a fool. Right. Calling him a fool would be labeling him a fool. And we certainly don't want to put those kind of labels on our kids. The only labels we want to put on our kids are those which help them understand who they are in Christ. Mm. Uh, Labels like they are children of God. They are ambassadors for Christ. They are created for His purpose to do His will for His glory. Those are the good labels that we want to put on them. Those are going to encourage them in their walk with Christ and who they are in Christ. So in the chart, I combined the two passages that I just read about a defiant look and foolishness, and I worded it like this. It is wicked for you to harden your face and foolish for you to despise instruction. And of course, uh, you know, I've said this before, but you don't have to word it exactly the way I word it. You could say something like, it is sinful for you to harden your face. Personally, I like to use biblical terminology as much as possible Mm -hmm. because I really wanted my kids to know the actual word of God. But I will say I did paraphrase these verses because had I quoted Proverbs 12, 1 verbatim, which says, whoever hates correction is stupid, my kids would have corrected me because they weren't allowed to say the word stupid. (laughs) I will say, though, that for some reason, my kids thought it was totally okay as long as they half said, half spelled that word. You know, we talk about (laughs) loopholes. My kids were always looking for loopholes. So they would say, stupid (laughs) So yeah, stupid So it was somehow not okay for them to say to each other, you're being stupid. But in their minds, it was perfectly fine to say, you're being stupid Loopholes. Obviously, I shouldn't have a parenting podcast. My, my kids need to have a, a loophole podcast. Oh, that is so <laughs> cute. Well, well, I mean, it's cute. It's funny, but it's, you know, it's sinful, Ginger, and I, I don't advocate that. Um, it, <laughs> this is probably when it's good to use discernment. Some verses will cause them to automatically tune us out because they think we're calling them names or because they can't get past the word stupid. <laughs> I'm totally <laughs> using that. But whatever applicable verses we choose, we need to not shrink away from letting our kids know that they are sinners. Yes, but they are also loved by us and by God. This is why step three is crucial. So what do we say after we give them a biblical reproof? Well, the biblical reproof, as we said, is what to put off. So step three is what they should put on. They are to put on submission, both inwardly and outwardly. Proverbs 10, 8 says, the wise in heart accept commands. And Proverbs 15, 13 says, a happy heart makes the face cheerful. Mm. And all of these verses are listed on the chart. And I actually have additional verses listed as well for all of those behaviors. And once again, I combine two passages to make the training simple. We, want, we don't want to overword things and complicate things. So I worded it like this on the chart. A wise heart accepts command and a happy heart makes the face cheerful. I just love that. Because the image our children are left with after this type of biblical discipline is the happiness we get from our obedience to God. I know I've said this many times before, but it's hard to say these things to our children in an angry way. I can't really picture me yelling at my child, a happy heart makes the face cheerful. It just doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't. And that's what we've said before, Katie, that Mm -hmm. it's hard to yell the word of God at them. So that's why this chart, it helps us so much to have accountability. When we're reading scripture, our heart is filled with scripture and Mm -hmm. filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to respond in the right way, in the way that the Holy Spirit leads us to respond instead of out of our own frustration. Amen. So everyone get this chart and make a necklace out of it. I think we all need to start a trend. (laughs) Or a spreadsheet. (laughs) Or a spreadsheet, like I do. (laughs) Okay, Ginger, let me throw out another scenario, and let's talk about how the chart can be a helpful tool. I love the names I picked, by the way, especially for this one. I do, too. (laughs) Eight-year-old Prudence is playing outside with her six-year-old brother, Cosmo. The two are drawing (laughs) pictures of one another on the driveway with sidewalk chalk. 
Cosmo, budding artist that he is, decided to channel his inner Picasso and drew a more abstract version of Prudence, complete with strange surrealist features. Horrified by the demonic-looking appearance of her portrait, Prudence swiftly walked over to where Cosmo stood and stomped his pieces of sidewalk chalk into a fine powder. In his anger, Cosmo did to his sister as she had done to him. Mom happened to pass by the window just as her two children finished off an entire Costco-sized box of sidewalk chalk, rendering each and every piece completely useless. She swung open the back door and yelled, Prudence, Cosmo, get in here right now. Actually, clean up that mess first and then get in here. I'm not (laughs) buying either of you any more toys because you refuse to take care of them. So here we have two kids who are uh, being destructive. They have ruined all of the sidewalk chalk. And on the chart, that would be, uh, that would fall under the category of being destructive with toys or property. So instead of threatening to never buy them any more toys ever again, (laughs) we could start with some very simple questions such as, do you think you should be allowed to have this chalk if you're going to destroy it? Or maybe a better way to word it might be, should you be trusted with this chalk if you're going to destroy it? Another question for them to ponder is, are you being considerate of the person who purchased this chalk for you? And then what are they to put off? They're to put off destruction. Destroying what you have is not being a good steward. Luke chapter 15 offers several parables that illustrate the foolishness of not taking care of what you have and of being wasteful and the consequences of loss that follow. A simple way to sum up those teachings in scripture might be to say, and I'm reading this from the chart, wastefulness leads to poverty and a foolish man destroys what he has. So step two is that they put off destruction. And then step three is that they put on good stewardship. Matthew 25, 29 talks about the blessings of abundance that come with being a good steward and taking care of what we have. That verse says, for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. A simple way to explain that to a young child might be, you are blessed and trusted with more when you take care of what you have. Now, what we don't want to do in this scenario is go out and buy the child more chalk. The natural consequences of their destructiveness and wastefulness is that by their own choice, they no longer get to enjoy playing with the chalk because they don't have any anymore Mm -hmm. because they destroyed it. There are so many opportunities to allow our kids to learn by way of natural consequences. And so we want to allow that to happen. Allowing kids to suffer the natural consequences of their actions helps them grow in wisdom. So we don't want to hinder that. And just as a side note for really young children who have a tendency to throw toys or bang them on things instead of playing with them, don't allow them to have too many toys at once. When I put my kids in their playpen or their rooms with too many toys, it always overwhelmed them. They would go from one toy to the next instead of focusing on one toy at a time. Too many options can hinder them from developing the skill to focus. Also, helping kids learn to concentrate and pay attention by limiting options can be a real help for kids who struggle with ADD. Katie, I think now might be a good time to tell our listeners about how they can bless their mommy friends this Mother's Day, because that's right around the corner, with a gift that will help them reach the hearts of their children. Yes. Well, as a Mother's Day special, we are offering Ginger's Wise Words for Moms chart bundle deal at a 10% discount. It's already a great deal because you get four charts for the price of three, so that's four charts for only $15. But in honor of Mother's Day, we're offering an additional 10% off. So if you want to bless your mommy friends or... Uh, church leaders, the moms in your church with a gift that keeps on giving and giving and giving. Just use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. 
Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Shelly in Michigan, and here's what she says. As a grandma, I have found that the best toys for toddlers and preschoolers are not toys. My grandson's favorite, and these boys are three and four years old, is a dollar store spray bottle. Spraying water is so much fun outdoors. They water the flowers, clean the deck, and clean the windows. Other water fun items, cheap paint brushes to paint the deck, driveway, etc., empty rinsed laundry soap container with the push spout. So fun and they can fill their spray bottles. Empty plastic shaker containers such as Parmesan cheese, scoops from baby formula, and what I call Dutch Tupperware, which are washed containers such as sour cream and cottage cheese. I keep these items in a laundry basket ready for taking outdoors. Scooping, pouring, spraying, all great clean fun and make my deck a great play space. Thanks for your great podcast that helps us all understand God's wise words for discipline and raising our children and grandchildren in a loving, godly way. What a fun idea, Shelly. Thank you so much for writing in and sharing that with us. Yep, you know, it's, it's the simple things that entertain mm-hmm. our kids. I don't know why in the world we think we have to go out and spend <laughs> all this money on toys when we have spray bottles and sour cream containers. <laughs> My kids used to entertain themselves for days by building forts out of cardboard boxes. And I always found it so interesting when the big box the toy came in was just as appealing to them as the toy. No kidding. It's frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Before we leave you with a final word of encouragement, we just wanted to remind our listeners that Ginger and I will be speaking at Teach Them Diligently in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee this week. Those dates are May 5th through 7th, and it is not too late to register. As a matter of fact, you can still get a $30 discount by going to teachthemdiligently.net and use the code GINGER at checkout. Yep, and when Katie and I aren't speaking, we'll be hanging out at the booth, and it's going to be a full booth because we are going to make this a family affair. Um, Both of our clans, uh, a lot of them are going to be there. My parents are going to be there, uh, Katie's kids, my kids, Mm -hmm. and it is going to be an absolute blast, and we would love for you guys to come be a part of it and meet everybody, and we would like to get to know you as well. And maybe we'll bring some banana-flavored candy. There you go. I think that's a great idea. Big we'll let that one kid pass it out. <laughs> there you go. And I know that's last minute. So if you're not already signed up and that's just too last minute for you, uh, Katie and I will also be speaking in Orlando, Florida with FPEA. That's the Florida Parent Educators Association in just a few weeks. Those dates are May 26 through 28. And you can find out more information and register there at FPEA.com. We sure hope you'll be able to join us at one of these events because, again, we would really love to get to know you guys. All right, wrapping it up. Moms, the wisest words we can speak to our children are not derived from our own wisdom, but God's wisdom. He has provided us with everything we need for life and godliness in the Bible. So let's remember that it's His words and His wisdom, not ours, that speak truth and life into the hearts of our children. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you, listeners, for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This is a huge help to get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com ask ginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. 
And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. Also on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering Ginger's Wise Words for Moms chart bundle deal at a 10% discount. It's buy three, get the fourth chart free for only $15. And if you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com, you can get an additional 10% off this already great deal. So bless your friends this Mother's Day with a gift that will help them reach the hearts of their children. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. And you can connect with me on Instagram at Katie in a Corner. That's K-A-T-Y in a Corner. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.